0: Words unfit. just lonely feelings like my head
1: hello hi guys hi. hi welcome to episode four of consensus We have so much to discuss with you guys this week um, the fact that we're having a general election and also the Grenfell phase one report that just came out. If you'd like to join the conversation, please do with our hashtag, that is Consensus Podcast, and also follow our Instagram and Twitter page. And the handle is at the underscore consensus underscore. Please do also subscribe to our pages on Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And um, the handle is exactly the same as our Twitter one. So my name is Koyan and I am your host today. I'm a Conservative supporter and I am joined by two amazing ladies today. We do have a third lady in our team and she's a newbie and she is called Shaka. But unfortunately she can't be here with us today so I will just introduce the other two ladies.
2: Hi I'm Jen. I'm a Labour and Cooperative member and also a Parliamentary Researcher. Hi, I'm Mel. I'm also a parliamentary researcher, but I work for the Liberal Democrats and I'm also a member of the party. Nice. So like I said, we've got loads to discuss mm. today.
1: But before that, happy Brexit day. That's no longer Brexit day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so originally, this episode was supposed to be a Brexit episode. We had everything planned, expected that today was going to be the day that we were going to leave the EU. But obviously that didn't happen. So Brexit has now been extended to January 2020. And Boris has obviously now called a general election for December the 12th. So we thought it would be best if we discussed that instead, because it's so hard keeping up with politics, but it would be best <laughs> for us to discuss the election more so than Brexit, which we have no idea what is going on there. Yeah. Yep.
2: Agreed. Does anyone? <laughs> so
1: who wants to tell us why we are in this predicament? Why has Boris called an election?
0: Um, so basically on Monday... MPs voted um, against the general election under the Fixed-Term Parliament Act. Um, A motion was put towards the House. Um, A motion is basically a statement that MPs agree or disagree with. Um, And it needed two-thirds of the House um, to vote in favour of it. So I think the numbers is about 434 that needed to vote in favour of it. But they didn't get the number. So then the government decided to table a bill on Tuesday um which only needed a small majority. So you could have had a majority of one and it still would have passed. Mm-hmm. And basically the bill was brought in to allow a general election on December the twelfth. Obviously the that went through. Um, they got majority of number, um I think it was about four hundred and thirty, yeah. something mm-hmm. around yeah. something around that. And um, um and I think twenty people voted no and then the rest abstained. Um, And that is really how we are in this position at the moment. Okay, that's great. So we've had
1: a lot of people tweet us and send us DMs asking about the election and to really actually just take things right back to the basics. Because obviously there's going to be a lot of people that don't know much about elections, what an election is, how they convert, etc. So we're just going to explain um, a few things that people did ask um, us. So what is a
2: general election? Hmm. So a general election is when the po- um, the country, the United Kingdom, goes to the polls and chooses their MPs, new MPs, the same MPs, um, to go to the houses of to go to the House of Commons and do their job. Yeah. Um, so there are 650, in effect, jobs up for grabs. Um, there's 533 constituencies in England, 40 in Wales, 59 in Scotland, and 18 in Northern Ireland. Um, so we are now in, or we will soon be approaching the campaigning period, which will be six weeks, where um there are no longer any MPs, there are only candidates. Um And on Thursday, the 12th of December, we will go to vote. Now, some people will have voted beforehand with postal votes, Mm. um, which is a really good way if you're possibly busy on the day or if you think you might forget that you're going to vote, you can sort of vote in advance and then it's done. Um, So, yeah.
1: Okay, that's great. So just some information for you guys um obviously we really want to encourage each and every one of you to vote because it's so important to have your voice heard in these elections and it's such a crucial time that you just don't want to have your voice not heard so the deadline to register to vote is the 26th of November at 12 a.m and then for postal voting that's also the 26th of November but that's at 5 p.m and um you can actually also vote by proxy um that's if someone wants to if Um, That's someone voting on your behalf. Um, The deadline for that is the 4th of December. um, And all this information can be found on the government website, which is gov.uk. We've also plugged that on our Twitter page as well. So if you want to go on our Twitter page, you'll find the information there. But please do register to vote. It really is important. Um, so uh, do you guys like have any good websites or how, how can people get involved in like campaigning, for example, in like your parties?
0: So, um, I think the best ways to, um, for people to get involved in campaigning without, well, with the Labour Party is probably by going on the Labour website and, um, just registering yourself not as a member but saying that you want to help in a specific constituency or what you can do is just look out look on a candidate's um, page um, a candidate in your local area look on their twitter page or look for their website and just sign yourself up and they will they will call you up to either do phone banking where you literally just um, have a number people's numbers Mm. you telephone them and just basically follow a script where you tell them you ask them questions or you can do door knocking where you go and um, knock on someone's door <clears throat> where you can knock on someone's door and then, um, you know, speak to them on a the doorstep, mm-hmm. kind of find out the issues that they're concerned about and, you know, how they're going to vote, et cetera. Um, so those, that's another way of doing it. Also, I'm probably going to put out a tweet um, sometime during, um, during the, maybe on the weekend about... Um, Start doing like a campaign So getting just normal members of the public To come and join in a campaign Maybe for a day or two Just to see what it's like yeah. So that's what I'm going to do Oh
2: nice That's a good idea Yeah so the Liberal Democrats is quite similar um, A good place to start often Is just reaching out to the candidate Or mm. to your local party One way to find out what your local party is If you don't know which constituency you live in um, Another place to go again is gov.uk You enter your address And it'll tell you mm. um, Which constituency you're in So you know who your candidates are um, You can find that out um, online and yeah so we are always looking for people with different skills like you don't have to feel um, that people across all parties that people across all parties have to um, sort of knock on doors yeah. you don't have to always be talking with people it can be quite intimidating but if you've got graphic design skills um, if you feel more comfortable perhaps sitting at um, doing like a phone bank as Jen said obviously not everyone is has accessibility where it's um, very easy for them to go out um, and Talk to people on the doorstep, so you know people are always. There's, parties are always looking to help people develop their skill sets and grow. Frankly, and I think campaigning is a good way to do that. It can be intimidating, but it's a good way to find out what's going on in your community and what the issues are. Yeah, um how is it for you in the Conservatives? Yeah. Right? Um, so that, it's
1: basically the same thing, to be honest, as everyone else. um You can literally contact the MP, and you can also check remember not MP, uh, well, not MP, the candidate <laughs> at the time. Sorry about that. Um, and then you can also go on Conservative um, CCHQ, which is their headquarters page as well, and just kind of register your interest that you do want to get involved and they can always find up; they can find places for you. You can even work in CCHQ and volunteer in, you know, their media unit or their political communications and just kind of get to know your feeling as um, what what you want to do during an election period. So have you guys ever like campaigned before as well?
0: I have. Mm-hmm. I've done 2015, 2016, 2017. And 2019. 2018. And now 2019. So literally wow. since 2015, been I've literally been campaigning. So have you campaigned? I
2: started in 2017. That was the first time I um, campaigned a few months after I joined um, oh, the Liberal oh, Democrats. Oh. And then Theresa May, the then Prime Minister, oh, <laughs> oh, called wow. the election. And I spent the next six weeks knocking on doors in Southwark, which was a real, it was really nice. I got to meet such lovely people, both yeah. constituents and the people that I was campaigning with. Um, then the following year, I actually stood for... Um, in Southwark as a council candidate. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So that was more campaigning. It was just nonstop. I think, (laughs) since from April, no, April, May 2017 through yeah. to the following year so I thought I'd take some time I off.
0: love campaigning because it's such a good way to network and meet people it as
2: is.
1: well how about you but it's so draining at the same time yeah. like yeah. your hours are long like some days you can literally just be canvassing for the whole day oh, yeah. um, so make sure you
2: have your support networks yeah. and talk to your friends and family that you might not see them as
0: yeah, much honestly. especially it's, for the six weeks because it's, mm. it's a stuck election so you know it's especially, be very rigorous yeah, especially yeah. us as parliamentary researchers we're all going to be in our constituencies so you know my is not in london so i'm mm. gonna have to be going up to the midlands to and are ensure... you staying up
2: there or will you be
0: yeah i'm supposed to be staying up there yeah. so you know is hard this times what
2: people this is what goes on in people's lives <laughs> know, honestly
0: like people have to give us some credit
1: as well you know because like when a candidate sta- um doesn't get their seat doesn't win their seat again like that person who was working for an MP previously is no longer having a job anymore. So, you know, it's, it's scary. Like this period is a lot of uncertainty for a lot of people. Um, so just, um, make sure you keep an eye out for, well, just, you know, keep a thought out for people who do work for as parliamentary staff.
2: Also, if I can say as well, you might end up um, having your door knocked by someone who's a member of a party or a supporter of a party there to sell you a candidate that you don't agree with. Um, Try not to slam the door in those people's faces. You may not agree with them, but they are trying to do their bit.
0: Um,
2: And, you know, sometimes a friendly word of encouragement, especially in times when the word word that gets thrown around a lot is toxic. And it is a toxic environment at the moment where people who just because they believe something different to one person feels that they can abuse, like harass them verbally. So I think if we can all try and set a better example... They would be nice, yeah. yeah. I agree, I think I agree, especially because well. it's dark as well, and it's I not know. very pleasant campaigning in the dark, yeah. It's no, not even gonna be raining, exactly. yeah.
0: uh, Oh, god, I'm dreading it, honestly. <laughs> and we want more
2: people to get involved in politics, more people to feel that they can have a voice and vocalize how they their beliefs and contribute towards the, the system. So, the more people we can encourage in a safe environment, I think, is beneficial yeah. to the, the wider public at large, yeah. You're right, to I honest. agree, I agree.
0: Just to note, I have a few websites um, that I think people should um, use for, um, you know, pre-election information. Um, so they theyworkforyou.com. That's a good um, website to find how your previous MP for the area voted on specific issues. Um, it also tells you, shows you what they've said in a chamber beforehand and shows their um, views by voting and um, by um, oral questions, etc. On... They work for you. Also, another website to um, use is fullfact.org. So basically, that is a website that basically establishes um, what is true and what is false in a statement. So I think it's very useful, especially when um, politicians like to use the art of bullshitting. To um, get people to vote for them, Mm. and another one that I'm going to plug, which might be controversial to the (laughs) Tories, is Tactical Vote. So basically, it's a website designed to ensure that the Tory government, so to ensure the Tories don't um, get into government, and (laughs) it basically tells you um, who the opponents are in the um, in the seats. And told you to vote for them. So in some seats it's um it's conservatives v Labour. In other seats it's conservatives v Liberal Democrats. And the other um in some seats it's um um conservatives v SNP. So yeah, so those wow. are good websites. I think don't look at that should, website, guys. <laughs> yeah. <should. Okay. laughs> Did you say yeah? Did you agree? <laughs> Queen. No I was coughing Oh I, you I was about to say Girl it's also For you don't, too Don't look like at that <laughs>
1: But anyway Thanks for that Jen That's really helpful um, Do you mind putting that On our Twitter page as well Just yeah. so people can have Those links Yeah I'll
0: get our Social media editor To do it Oh, nice.
1: Anyway, guys, so back to the juicy stuff. So you know, we all knew that an election was brewing, and Boris has for weeks said that he wanted to have one, and obviously now it's here. Um, there are possible, there are like three possible um outcomes for this. So you know, the Conservatives could have a majority, Labour could have a majority, or we could be in a hung Parliament, which is actually very likely because the major Um, Labour and the Conservatives have many challenges to getting a majority and obviously I don't think that the Lib Dems are in a position where they can get an overall majority and like what do you guys think because for Boris calling this election it's actually really risky like he must have some big balls because the stakes are so high like if he loses you know I think I was reading that he would be the shortest serving Prime Minister for a century and like Brexit Because he's now called, you know, he's now um, um, positioned himself as like the Brexit god. Mm. So Brexit could essentially not happen. Um, And, you know, and he's not starting with a majority. He's starting with no majority. So it's a lot, it's going to be a lot harder for him. So he's having to gain seats in places where he could potentially, that we do know that he will lose seats in some places as well. Mm. So like, what do you think about the fact that he's called a general election in such an uncertain time?
0: I just think he's arrogant and I feel like that's the reason why he's um, calling a general election. I feel like he's also possibly done deals with um other parties not not libs or labor but maybe like the brexit party i'm not sure but i just i'm just assuming there's almost
2: definitely conversations happening behind yeah. the scenes that no one's o- owning up to because exactly that's how business is conducted in these worlds yeah. yeah
0: and then so i just um i just yeah i just feel like now is not the time to um, have a general election. You said you wanted to deliver Brexit and you were adamant and sure that you were gonna deliver it by the 31st of October. Here we are, it's been extended, you know? Mm. And I know yes, he put it to the house and stuff, but the way he was saying, Oh, we whatever it is, we're we we're I'm gonna we're gonna um leave on the 31st mm-hmm. with or with no deal and mm-hmm. you know.
1: I also feel like it's it's funny because don't you think like the way that he- like a lot of them were bullying Theresa out, thinking that they could do this job mm-hmm. so easily, yeah. and now look at the situation yeah. that we're in. Like, exactly. you know, he's had a difficult time trying to pass his Brexit bill, and he thought it was easy. He, he's he thought it was more easy.
2: Successful than she has in exactly, terms of yeah. Yeah.
0: and he was one of the people that voted. I'm sure he voted against her bill a few he times. He did twice
2: and then voted for it once. So,
0: you know, and then yet yeah, when um, other. Tory members decided to vote against his bill. He removed the whip. I just, yeah, for me, I just think it's yeah. just ridiculous. It's a
2: very different Tory government to the one that we had a few months ago, for sure.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I, I don't feel now was the time for us to call a general election. Also, general election costs money and we could mm-hmm. be using that money on something completely different than a general election, yeah, but I, you know. I
2: think whether or not you voted for Brexit, we can all agree that a lot of money has gone effectively down the drain, stuff yeah. that could have been used to train teachers, students, or I mean, student nurses, <laughs> all, all of that. So it is a shame, but I think with the paralysis that Parliament sort of is, well, yeah, Parliament is paralysed at the moment, mm. we kind of maybe even need a general, we need, I think personally we needed a general yeah. election just to get, I mean, we've seen how many... Well, about 50, it could approach nearly 60 MPs are standing. The current MPs are standing down. Yeah. So it's going to be a very, very different parliament. And, you know, it's the personalities and the people that make that place. So mm. you think that maybe the parties have an influence and they do. But what actually happens a lot of it is down to individuals. So it'll be interesting to see how the new characters that emerge emerge will have an impact on what happens. Mm. But of course, a lot of that depends on, like you were saying, Koyan, whether or not we get a Conservative majority, Labour majority, hung Parliament, or a Lib Dem majority, which is possible. That's not going to happen, I'm so sorry. I I have faith, I have faith. (laughs) At least with Labour, we have a fighting
0: chance. Libs,
1: (laughs) I think, like, it'll be good for our listeners to kind of just um, talk about the journeys from each party's perspective to getting that majority. Like, what would be the obstacles or what are their, like, good points to getting that majority potentially if you know what I mean it's like for example with like the conservatives like obviously the main focus is going to be on Brexit um but that can go either way because a lot of people are frustrated with brexit mm-hmm. and they can say something like you look you've been in government for the la- for the past 3 years you've done nothing about it like we're still in this predicament so that could be a disaster for them especially if they focus on brexit cuz um i think we're going to see with labor that they're going to shift it away from brexit in, in in the campaign So um, once you shift it from Brexit Then what, what what's next Like what else is there to just dis- Like how are you discussing All the other um, domestic policies
0: Yeah so with Labour We'll probably be discussing the NHS And you know about um, How certain aspects of it Has been privatised And under you know The US and UK trade deal mm. um, Obviously Boris said that It's off the table But you know we can't trust his words We'll also be talking about um you know, renationalizing the trains. Um what else are we trying to renationalize? Guys, I forgot. There's one. Um more rail, water. mail, yeah. water. That's it, yeah. mail and yeah. water. So <laughs> national rail, mail and water. We also are going to um um, you know, tuition fees, abolish tuition fees, bring back EMA, maintenance grant for students. Um, you know, and I and I know there's been a lot of discussion on Twitter about um labor um increasing the income um oh the, words, the, the income um, tax income tax from um to um so the threshold will be for 40, for people to pay 45% income tax um on 80,000 pounds mm. um and you know the reason that is happening is because a Currently, MPs get just over £79,000. Mm. And you know, with inflation, it can either go yeah. up or down. Yeah. But it's, for, I think for the past two years, it's gone up. Yeah. So it's more most likely to go up. So they, so the reason why they did it, um, as they, their threshold was 80000 and we'll say that MPs could also be included. So I know there's been a lot of discussion on Twitter about, you know, people who are working class now want to vote Tories because of blah, 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 blah. But I just wanted to put that out there, that that is the reason why... You know the Labour Party has done yeah. that, and there's a, there's a whole heap of other stuff as well that we're going to be campaigning on, and I think we will yeah. talk about Brexit. Yeah, but we but with our stance right now, Brexit, like we we're saying we want a people's vote and stuff. You know we we accept the referendum, however we want to take it. We want to take the deal to the people's either. You know, Um but well, I'm not sure what will be on the paper. But I just know mm-hmm. that they was we've been we've been saying that we want to take it back to the people. So yeah. how about you? Um, no. Well,
2: for the Lib Dems, I think it's been clear that one of our biggest successes in the last few months, especially, has been our opposition to Brexit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I we want a people's vote. I think we we released a, um, we announced a new policy in September that we want to revoke Article 50. And a lot of people were quite affronted by that, th- seeing it as an aversion of democracy. And I can see that perspective. But let's be frank, if the Lib Dems got into government on their own as a majority would say, Three to 400 MPs, that's quite a statement in itself and I think is a mandate to revoke Article 50. Um, But that is obviously, there are, it's a a possibility but a very slim one. So in the meantime, we definitely do want a people's vote. I think it's time for the people to have their say again because whether Mm. or not, like I said, you agree with Brexit or not, we can see that politics isn't working the way it should be. And with a decision like this, I don't see why caution is is being advised against i don't mm. see why we wouldn't want to be sure um when we joined the european community in 197 in the 1970s um that was on a referendum and then for the next 40 years people campaigned to leave so i don't see why people can't now campaign to stay in it's the same stance it's a similar position but yeah but you know aside from that when the chat inevitably draws away from brexit um one thing that we're really really pushing is um our climate cri- um, our policies mm. to challenge the climate crisis mm. um and on yeah, that decarbonizing Google, capitalism yeah. and you know addressing social justice issues are definitely key priorities for us um but quinn how's it how's it looking for the conservatives it's actually very confusing you know <laughs> there's
1: so many different Variables that can happen. You know, um, there are a lot of seats that I can see at first hand that the conservatives are most likely going to lose. Um, for example, like um Finchley and Golders Green. Um, I think Luciana Berger is yeah, gonna get going that one. Really well. Um, there are also um my constituency in Hendon as well, very marginal. Um, you know, there's also like Cheltenham, St. Albans, Richmond Park, and a lot of those are. Lib Dems so I feel like all your all your target (laughs) seats are Tory seats to be honest which is a bit awkward that's the thing like um I feel like for both the Conservatives and Labour we're in like a bit of a sticky situation because you're going to have um so within the Conservatives the Remain votes are most likely going to go towards the Lib Dems and then if the Brexit party do um stand a lot of candidates in areas where leave was quite high then they're going to split the vote as well and I feel like with Labour as well um when you have leave voters in Labour there are going to be some that can just never see themselves voting as conservatives so most likely they're going to go towards the Brexit party and then I also think that there remain um um, the people who voted remain within Labour are most likely going to shift to the Lib Dems as well.
2: Or no, like the, the Greens. To, it depen- yeah, I think, I think Greens, it depends. Or well, the SNP in Scotland, we, the Nationalist yeah, parties yeah. are going to do well. Just um, because
0: a lot of Labour um, members see um, Liberal Democrats as Tories, basically. Which is funny
2: because if I wanted to be a Tory, I would join the Tory party. Yeah, but Joe but Simpson is a
0: bit questionable right now she was a (laughs) minister in coalition yeah but some of the stuff that she's saying nowadays is a bit questionable so you know
1: but then on the other hand um I feel like there's a bit of unity with there's more unity within the party now in terms of their Brexit stance um so that could you know Boris can just kind of step go on the mandate of you know I tried my best um I tried to get Brexit done but Parliament went against the people's wishes kind of thing so he can stand on that mandate if he mm. just goes very much with the whole Brexit talk um I think also you know when he first became Prime Minister he did that speech outside of um Downing Street and he kind of um He kind of made those election pledges, um, even though obviously an election wasn't going to be called, but he kind of made those election pledges, you know, to reverse spending cuts to schools, you know, increase funding to the NHS, you know, 20,000 more police. Um, So it would have made it a bit more difficult for Labour to say that, oh yeah, the Conservatives is only just about Brexit, you know, when he's done that kind of speech there and then. But I really don't know.
0: But I also feel like the members of the public are not stupid. So I feel like they realise that all of this stuff... He's just doing it because of an election. Um, he he knew that he was going to call an election, and you know I've been seeing the 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 engagement on Twitter and like the conversations happening on Twitter, and a lot of people just have been saying from the get go. As soon as he started announcing stuff, yeah, he's trying to do it to get people on side, so that if he's got if there's a general election, he's more likely to win. And I think that is why that's where the arrogance comes from, comes from, in terms of him wanting to stand um, for him wanting to have a general election. Um, so. Yeah, so, but I just feel all, all of us are in the sticky, it's a right, st- yeah. sticky situation. However, I just think it's either going to be a hung parliament mm. between Tories and the Libs, or, mm. and, but in Jesus' name, we will have a Labour government.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a hung parliament between us two, you know. I feel like if it's a hung parliament, I feel like the Tories are kind of screwed because no one's going to want to side with them. I don't no, think I'm
2: going anywhere near that. Yeah. You don't think?
0: No. no I don't no, think so. I, said, no, I, don't, I don't
2: Brexit think, is the issue of the Yeah. Of the hour, imagine. And yeah, well, okay, but do you remember I know
0: this is like 9 years ago but you guys said we were going to no. have free tuition mm. and then you joined the Yeah, we
2: joined the we joined the coalition in good now, faith This is 9, different. 000. Yeah, Just, this you, is we, we, very different. It's a very different Liberal Democrat party as well to what I I was there 9 years ago. It's a very different it's a very different Liberal Democrat party. It's very different scenario I think in that point. The idea was that, you know, politics was very different, that going into coalition would have delivered to the UK what the public had asked mm. for, and it didn't work out. Mm. I, think, I do think that the coalition was entered into with the best of intentions. I'm not saying I would have necessarily agreed to go into coalition with a particular party, but I think at the time, the parliamentary arithmetic in the aftermath of the 2010 election mm. sort of reflected that the UK wanted, or at least would be accepting of, Tory liberal But I think yeah Different different Yeah definitely
1: not And obviously now um, The Tories have burnt bridges With DUP So that's all the question So I feel like If it was a hung parliament I mean I think I don't know It could either be that Boris just does a minority government Then we're in the same situation again But then I feel like it will be If it was to be a hung parliament It could be Labour and SNP Yeah
2: Mm, That would be interesting If that mm, That could be interesting could be but i think the one thing i really really want to come as a result of this is um electoral reform i think it's just so clear that um the current first past the post voting system so in the uk we have a voting system called first past the post if you're not familiar with it it just basically means that whoever gets the most votes wins but that can mean that you can win with 25 percent of the vote if everyone else gets fewer votes than you so it doesn't end up with a Candidate that really has the mandate for their from their constituents, Um, but I'd like a better voting system. Frankly,
0: everybody wants. Everyone wants. Even Labour, they want to have a different voting system. But because there's different, there's different voting systems. It, there's a lot of talk about different ones, so no one knows which one the party will accept. But then essentially I don't I don't think any part, Labour or conservative are gonna adopt a new um mm, voting yeah. system because it won't benefit them. Yeah, yeah. this one just and eats eats them the whole them in power. But, yeah, but people are feeling yeah. disenfranchised, of I think we're
2: see- yeah um, we're seeing like with the rise of Or the growth again Of the Brexit party And like UKIP From a few from a few years yeah. ago They got almost Three million votes And no MPs I mean I don't agree with them But yeah. that's not how yeah. Politics should work yeah. No that's funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, Greens, the Greens Maybe it worked out For the
1: best
0: <laughs> You know Because yeah, It's wow. true yeah.
1: But um, also Just a couple of things So um, let's like Talk about an election day um, Also I actually do want to mention Before an election day Like also, don't always rely on the polls, guys. Oh yes, they can be so inaccurate. And also, social media is such a microscope; like it's such a tiny proportion of like the wider public as well. Um, there's been a lot of controversy as well, you know, with um, some of the polls that have been put out there. So just literally, just don't focus on that because. Oh, do you want to talk it's about it? Sh- it's too uncertain. Should we mention Should we about remember? the Lib Dems? <laughs> I, do, the Lib Dem I felt bad. I felt
2: bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw a tweet the other day that summed it up, which is oh. Liberal Democrats look at Lib Dem bar charts as like an uncle looks at a kid who they're related to who misbehaves. You're kind of fond of them, but you know that ultimately they're... Often in the wrong, Um, you just have to kind of go with it and laugh. It's just an election thing now. Yeah, I felt bad. I don't want to say. Ah, that was
0: funny. Like just the small print at the bottom, and the thing is, at least the small
2: print was included. It was the most libdem thing I've ever seen.
0: But everybody read the small print. That's why it was funny. That's why it was funny. Like, you know if, And Joe was so sure of herself. Yeah. Like if if the what what was the question? If you if, had to pick um, no other party
1: apart from Yeah. You
0: know. If none of the other parties were standing and you had to pick conservatives and them um, who would you pick and then the <laughs> The rate, the percentage The bar chart percentage Was so high for Lib Dems And we were just like Huh And then, <laughs> and then obviously When you read the disclaimer At the bottom It Blah. was like Oh hey okay. well, That's why the disclaimer Was there <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah But that's so it's,
2: ridiculous yeah. like, What was the point of the? Yeah but every Every up? party pool Tries to you know fud, like, Tries to create The facts in their image Right This is just one example Yeah but we don't
0: We don't We don't <laughs> admit the other parties Like you did <laughs> You know. Oh my gosh, but, I can't, I, can't, I um, can't. Yeah. But that was that was a good laugh on Twitter to be fair. <laughs> Just
2: be fond of the lift chart Thank <laughs> you. Oh my gosh. So yeah,
0: again.
1: Um, december 12th is the election day um so who wants to talk about what happens on voting day um do you guys do anything like campaigning on voting day as well
0: yeah so yeah. on the, so usually on voting day what we do is we wake up early in the morning mm. have leaflets and you have like a patch that you have to deal with you post it through people's doors um you Very know quietly yeah quietly <laughs> Um, and then you either be at the polling station Just looking around and stuff And then, you know, just go door knocking again Just to ensure that people have voted And if they haven't,
2: yeah,
0: you may ask them Oh, do you need a lift to the voting mm-hmm. station Just for people with, like, yeah. um, accessibility issues Um, and yeah.
2: Yeah. If I could just add one thing. So sometimes when you go to the polling station, you might see someone, um, wearing a badge saying Teller on it, or it might be a party political badge and they might just ask you if you voted. Now they're not asking if they voted for you. What they are doing is, um, they're just seeing, they want to get your name or your, um, where you live just so that they can cross you off the list and they so, know you voted yeah. and that means they won't come around your house knocking later or putting leaflets through the doors. Yeah, it yeah. just basically means you will be left alone on election yeah. day. So if you do see someone outside a polling station, obviously um, people, power, like you know, power, sorry, the number of people, activists that are on the streets is limited at that time because sometimes it can be from about 7 when polls open. Yeah. Um but they're not trying to canvass you. They're not actually legally allowed to. Yeah. allowed to tell you to do that. Yeah, yeah. To like to do that. Yeah. So whatever party if someone is trying to influence your vote within say what is it like 50 feet of the polling yeah. station, that is illegal. Um and I'm not saying tell on someone, but you know, maybe just tell them not to yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Um because people are stressed and they probably don't realize. Yeah. And they've been not very early. Um either way though, if someone is trying to um ask if you have voted Feel free to let them know, and then you won't be bothered. Or if not, just you know, go about with your day.
1: Because I do postal voting, so I've never actually voted in person. So what do you guys Ooh. do? Do you go to the? Um, do you vote in person or do you do postal? Like what? I've done. I've done both. Okay, so um, so for Me people too. who are voting mm. for the first time, like what exactly do they do on polling day? So basically,
2: also they- oh, yeah.
1: Oh. oh no, I was just going to okay. ask. Like, what do they need to take as well? So, just so you can tell um, them.
0: Well, when when I, when I first went to vote, um, I just took like my card. Okay. you know, your voter cards okay. where it has your address, and then I just took it to my voting station. Usually, you, but you don't actually need that apparently. Um, is the ID the voter ID thing still that's happening? Not that's not okay. So then that's not there I, now. So so you don't need ID. Like, yeah. So you don't need ID. You basically just go and then you tell them your name and they cross your name off, and then obviously they give you a ballot paper. And when you get a ballot paper, you're meant to put a cross against one candidate and one candidate only, Um, you know, so um, when you do that, if you um, mistakenly do another one, just um, exit... um, you cross, oh, it's, it's a bit complicated. To completely you completely
2: get rid of it. You can
0: completely get, so you have to really like color in the box and then, you know, put a cross next to the yeah. candidate you do want to do. But then if you have like two crosses, you it will class as a spoiled ballot. And if you really wanted to make a decision, I don't, well, I don't agree with spoiled ballots in, in general. I just feel like if you're going to go out and vote, you should just vote for a candidate but other people may have other thoughts mm. and um i just wanted to also say with the labor party there will be um in some constituencies there will be labor and cooperative it's still the labor party but these um, it's still the labor it's still a labor candidate but they also a, co- a cooperative um candidate and that's because um the labor party and the cooperative party have a um an electoral alliance, which allows um, one candidate to um, one candidate stand for both parties just because they're similar in terms of policies. So, yeah, that's what I need to do. Do you guys want to add anything else? No, oh, that's really interesting. No, that's
2: good. Another thing yeah. is that just when you go to the polling station, um, they're really friendly, the people there. If you have any questions, they're good to help you. And mm-hmm. what Jen was saying about spoiled ballots is really interesting. So um, I've been, at the, at the end of the day, when all the, at 10 o'clock when polls close, all the boxes with all the votes in them are then ferried off to the, um, count. To the count. Now, the count is where literally all the votes are counted. Um, so they employ people. It's quite good money, actually, so you can look into it. Yeah. But it's an overnight thing where you basically, your job, is just to count the votes. Um, and I've seen a number of spoilt ballots and ballots that have been mm. accepted because there's a variety of rules. So one person I saw had written none of these <laughs> <laughs> on the ballot paper. And that was, you know, that's valid. He's a He or she is allowed to do that. Um, also, sometimes people might get a bit confused. So if you tick or something, I'm not saying to do these things, but if you sort of make a mistake in the moment and leave, if your vote is very clear, like it's very obvious who you voted for, mm. It can be accepted. Like the people who are doing this aren't idiots. There are guidelines. They know that sometimes people might mess up if they're not used to voting or, you know, something like that. Um, But a cross is typically the most sort of normal way to do it. But if you do do mess up, you can just make sure it's very clear who you're not voting for and who you are voting for.
1: Yeah, that's really helpful for our first-time voters. Thank you for that.
0: And also, if you're like a first-time voter or just people in general, just make sure you look at... um, each party's manifestos Before you're making your decision Especially if you're a swing voter Because I think it's really Really important And just feel like Think Is this realistic um, You know Do you think this can be achieved And not only Just think about the present Think about the future yeah. Because a lot of the policies That um, are are made Don't No well, A lot of policies That are promised don't actually get made straight away. Yeah. It takes a while for them yeah. to be made, um to be become legislation. And even when they do become legislation, um, it doesn't actually start straight away. It may start a year or two after. And even with that, you won't see the benefits until further down the line. <laughs> so we just please just take that into consideration when you do um the site of it. And then with us ourselves, we will try and put out put out condensed information about um. Put out condensed information about, you know, the manifestos And we will, although we all support different um, parties We will try and be as honest and um, impartial as possible When we're putting out the information Just so that you guys can make the um, informed decision yourself
1: That's great, thanks for that,
0: John Okay,
1: so um, a couple of days ago The Grenfell Phase One report came out Um, That was done by Sir Martin um so it's gonna be in two stages um the first one has just come out like i just said and then the second one will um come out in january um no it won't come out the proceedings proceedings will start start in january sorry about that it'll start in january um as you know um the phase one report that came out can bring up a lot of emotions for people who you know um were involved in the fire, the people who lost people in the fire, um, even people like the firefighters and volunteers who, who were there in the aftermath. Um, so right now we just want to have, um, a 72 second silence just to kind of remember these people, um, whilst this, um, report has come out. So, um, we're just going to have a 72 second
2: silence for now.
1: Thanks. Um, I also just wanted to add, sorry, um, we want to thank um Grenfell United for everything that they're doing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank um, you so much. You know, it's so difficult when you go through such um a big thing and they're just trying to fight for justice so that this thing, so this fire just doesn't happen again to another block and no more lives have to um, be lost. Um so like I said, this was phase one. Um of the report. Just to clarify that the phase one was just telling us what happened on the night. Um, that's it. Um, the phase two that will commence in January, um, that will explain why it happened, the handlings of the concerns raised by um tenants and how the authorities dealt with the aftermath. Um, so I think that's the one that um we're gonna be waiting for. Um, I'm not sure how long that process is gonna take, but it took a while for phase one to come. Um, and I can, and I'm sure that they'll. There'll be legal battles after that so you know it's not going to be a short process it's going to be a long road to justice for them um did you guys have a chance to you know read the um report by any chance or just even a bit of it yeah I
2: did yeah so the report itself was a thousand pages long which shows just the level of yeah. insight and just how many how much is involved in in sort of dissecting tragedies like this mm. um for, for I'm going to say convenience I mean not the most appropriate word but for, there is a 32 page summary which really goes pulls out the most important lessons and mm. the most um important sort of contributing factors to well I guess what happened on the ground because that's what phase phase one covers um but it was very tragic and insightful yeah, really. yeah
0: um and for me I know there's been a lot of um so today there's been a lot of um well from since yesterday actually because it was leaked but um today there's been a lot of um talk about you know fight you know why is the report blaming firefighters Mm. but i just wanted to know that if you actually read the report it wasn't actually blaming the firefighters it was blaming um the london fire brigade as an organization Mm. um not the individual firefighters um it was just basically like to summarize it was saying how you know the fire brigade service um had inadequate training um and that um There was lack of communication between the control rooms And the commanders And the actual firefighters And then between um, the London Ambulance Service As well as the Metropolitan Police Um, So also they spoke about the stay put policy Mm. And about how, um, you know Usually in a high rise building um, The London Fire Brigade Service Is meant to have a partial or full evacuation plan And in this case the fire brigade service didn't have this. Mm. Um so usually if there's a fire in a um, high rise rather than having the stay put policy they have to have do a full evacuation or they do a partial evacuation depending on where the fire is in the building and that didn't actually happen this time. So mm. yeah, so just to say um they were the report doesn't actually blame the firefighters it's the organization yeah. as itself. In itself, sorry.
1: I think it was difficult though because they didn't know the extent of what they were dealing with. They didn't know. So in the report, it literally said... That um, the fire started because of the, the cladding that they used in this building was illegal. Like that was a fact yeah. that was in Sir Martin's um, report. So that's basically saying it didn't comply with building regulations. I think also the design of the building. I think I was reading that they had like a um, architectural cr- a crown at the top of it. Mm. So the reason that the fire spread all the way around was because of the thing at the top. So usually you would expect the fire to just go all the way to the top and kind mm. of stop there, but. Because because of that design it went all the way around so I think that will be discussed more in phase two yeah. of yeah. the of the report I mean, but
2: sorry no go. On. no no. So go. one thing I just yeah. wanted to add so one thing that I think was quite they tried to emphasize I'm not sure how much it was picked up was yeah. that um the 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 man the gentleman whose flat it was where the fire originated mm, wasn't it was not he was not to blame and there was so much vitriol and racist abuse targeted towards him and he did all he could in an I mean let's face it uh, a fridge freezer going on yeah. fire in a flat should not have caused the damage it did. Yes. But it was institutional failings that led to the fate, mm. led to the tragedy. Stuff so yeah. like like I think the the fire brigade across I think this might be across England and Wales, um I have to check. Sorry, but they face at least hundred thousand fires or in like call outs a year. Wow. And you know that's Grenfell was something that happened. Well, as we know, there was the um, Larkin House fire in oh, Camberwell. Yeah. Um, but these are fairly. Infrequent But when they do happen They just cause so much damage
0: Yeah but then Like With the Larkin Hall Um Fine I think there was another one as well Um I can't remember the name of that block But um There was another one as well I think just after Yeah just after Um They There was recommendations put to the minister Mm. um, at the time And obviously the minister said it's not for him to implement It's for the London Fire Brigade Service to um, to implement And then here we are again, you know, years later down the line And, you know, although maybe the Fire Brigade Service is in a different area Still as an institution, they should have provided better training But then again lack of funds, you know, so it's lack of funds makes it difficult yeah. for, you know, the service to provide their firefighters with the adequate training that they need. So yeah, I think we're gonna
1: see a lot of that in phase two because the 2009 one, like the coroner I think yeah, the coroner wrote to the government about that. And I think it was um Eric Pickles at the time, um mm-hmm. or something. I think it was him at the time. Um And they said that they were going to do something that they didn't end up doing. So that could have actually prevented Grenfell to a certain extent when it comes to building regulations. Of course, that will all be discussed in phase two.
0: Um, are you sorry? Are you talking about the planning and housing minister at the time, or um, department for communities and building regulation
1: and local government and building regulation? So I think at the time it was Eric Pickles who was in charge. Um, what thought, when they received the recommendations? When the coroner when when the coroner um, wrote to the government, I think it was to him at the time. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so obviously that is a major feeling in itself. Um, okay. so hopefully that. As much as... Because this was such a tragedy. I'm hoping that there'll be, like, no holds. But, like, there won't be, like, any... Um, nothing is too tough to, like, talk about, to be honest. So if mm. the government needs to be criticised, the government should be criticised in this. If um the council needs to be criticised, the council should be criticised. Like, I don't think there should be any kind of... um. There shouldn't be any holding back with regards to this I report agree. that comes yeah. out. But then also the housing
0: managers as well, because there was the yes. it was yes. the housing managers yeah. were also involved in yeah, this process. Exactly, exactly. So I think it's important that they're so also me. held to account. Yeah. Just and the thing that's really the thing that troubles me the most is the fact that, you know, the residents sent letters to the council to say that they felt like the house was unsafe and nobody listened to their <sighs> Um, to their complaints or their you know about or their complaints and how they were feeling about the property and I feel like if they had done this could have been prevented of course or if it or if it was if it did happen we wouldn't have had the many um, fatalities that we have now so I think it's greed.
1: You know, um, yeah. there are still a number of private landlords and um, associations that still have not removed this illegal cladding from the buildings. This is two and a bit years down the line and the cladding is still there. So people are still living in unsafe um, premises. So what what yeah. more is it going to take for them to, you know, have action? And um, they did have a debate um, on Grenfell. Um, so we're going to discuss some points from that. But um, I think Boris did say in this that, you know, he's going to be naming and shaming those who are not, you know, doing what they need to, what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Because it needs to, like, why is it still there?
2: Yeah. And then on the back of that, they're trying to rehouse some of the survivors of the fire and people in surrounding areas who, you know, suffered from the fallout in high rise buildings. Mm -hmm. People with... You know, dealing with the trauma of it, then being placed in similar accommodation yeah. is just unacceptable.
0: But then there's also survivors who still haven't, who are still in, com- um, in temporary accommodation mm. and um, hotels, and it's That's two bad. years. That's bad. You know, and I feel like we need to more needs to be done. Why are they still living in temporary accommodation? That you should have been, get, they should have been housed in a permanent residence. You know. Yeah. So it's a bit crazy at the moment for us but um I just wanted to just say like there were a number of recommendations um that were put that Mm. you know that the report states and just to summarize one of them was you know improving fire safety and also talking about the communication between all the different organizations so London Ambulance Service, um, London Fire Brigade and Metropolitan um, Police as well as the control rooms as well. Um, so I think that's really important um, to highlight. Also, in terms of improving fire safety, it's more about you know like having like sprinklers, um, smoke detectors, making sure fire f- um, fire escape doors are in like are properly um, assessed to make sure that we can use them or well, to make sure that it's used properly. So,
1: so obviously, grandfather, um the debate was you know um, it was an important matter that was being discussed in the chamber. And right now, I'm actually going to call out some MPs because what they—I can't even—the fact that I'm even like having to say this is—is is irritating my soul. Um, so during the debate, as I was watching, you know, from our office, um, a number of MPs were laughing at Jeremy's tie. So Jeremy was wearing the Grenfell—it was like a lime green tie. Um, a couple of MPs were laughing at him For wearing that tie, that tie And it took Theresa May telling them That this is for Grenfell For them to like stop And then shortly after that um, It was Hugh Merriman right yeah. um, He got up um, And said Um Along the, something along the lines of It's nice to see you um, Wearing your Arsenal tie to the speaker It's a shame that the leader of the house Could not um, The leader of the opposite party Could not do the same thing And I was like What a lack of self-awareness Like We're having a, deba- a debate about Grenfell And you're here laughing at his tie Because it's green like, Didn't
0: Theresa May have to like Give them a
1: little yeah, look? Yeah. But the fact that she had to do that Says a lot about you as an mp so you know that just that yeah. irritated my soul so i just had to bring that up and i'm calling you out because like you're falling my hand mps like it's, <laughs> it's
0: not good it's not good yeah it's for real it isn't yeah really good.
1: but so. yeah so we're gonna wait for phase two um to begin um hopefully we'll still be here so we can discuss that at a later date um again um, if you want to join in the conversation please do um, go on our hashtag Consensus Podcast and our Twitter page um, at the underscore consensus underscore and also follow us on Instagram Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation today and we will see you next week
0: bye